You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I forgot to turn on the music. The audience just looked at a blank screen with nothing for a minute. Because this is a Dear Pats Nation podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dear Pats Nation podcast with Ray Rout. I'm Ray Rout. Me. This guy right here. It's my podcast. Screwed up trying to trim my beard this morning. I got no beard left. Because my line was like halfway up my, my cheek. Didn't look good. We, uh, the Dear Passage Podcast is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. This is, uh, the weirdest fantasy betting football show in the world because we do fantasy, but we do NFL analysis, we do betting, we do all that kind of stuff. Business is business. Talk about Alvin Kamara. What's going to happen with him? How many games is he going to get? You going to take him in fantasy? Mike likes him. got mario here tonight from hashtag sports everybody protect your tables protect your desks never gets old no matter how many times he shakes his head at me dallas cowboys minus 115 to win the afc or nfc east they could probably win the afc east there's no real competition in the afc east especially that top team the only new york state team in football by the way Buffalo Bills. But uh, are the Dallas Cowboys good enough to win the NFC East? We're going to talk about that. Got the Patreon questions. We're going to talk about Devontae Parker, because why not? A uh, little bit of Debo Samuel. Happy coincidence today. We were just going to talk about Debo Samuel and his fantasy prowess. And then the mother effer asked for a trade today. And now we're going to finish it off with Devontae Adams. Apparently Mike and Mario are going to have some hot topics on that. And I'm just going to sit back and roll my eyes at the two of them. Guys, go to DeanBlundell.com. Go to RayRoute.com. Check out all the stuff we got going over there. New merch dropping soon. Download the Halftime app. Look up RayRoute. Download the Newsbreak app or go to Newsbreak.com. Look up RayRoute. Look what I'm doing over there. And uh, make sure you become a Patreon member. Five bucks a month. You get uh, you get access to me. You get your comments and questions answered on every episode of the Dear Past Nation podcast. Plus, you get the Friday night hangout, which is going to be in just a couple of days. With that being said, let's bring in my co-host, Producer Mike. Producer Mike, how are you? Ray, what's going on, man? Ah, you know living the dream having fun doing all that kind of stuff and yes my light uh just to answer your private chat that you didn't want anybody to see my light is off i've decided just to go with the with the blue ambiance in the background nice all right he's hide my stuff. fatty stomach a little bit got an issue with that no you're italian you're allowed to eat what you want hey manje 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 Manja. We got a guest. We do. Who is it? You want to you want to bring him in? Mario from Hashtag Sports. Go. Yahtzee. What's up, fellas? What's going on, How man? How are you? 
I am rolling. I'm having a good time. We have some great topics tonight, Dear Pats Nation. Uh, it's going to be a fun evening. We got the questions from Patreon. We have some fantasy and betting things for y'all to have fun with. And if you could agree with us, uh, leave a like and a comment down below. Look at you. Look at you. He does the intro thing better than you. So <laughs> when are we going to just pull off the official trade and I trade Mike to Paul and Paul trades you to me? Like, when is this When is, when is this going to become a reality? I'll I'm retire. Not, I'm not. <laughs> I'll retire. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I got a bone to pick with you. Me? Yeah, you. All right, you. pick that bone, sir. Two weeks ago, you came on this show, and you called me a closet Buffalo Bills fan. Facts. Hence why I'm decked out and head to toe in Patriots gear today. Hey, people overcompensate for a lot of things, Ray. But you go ahead. And listen, do you know what I've been dealing with for the last two weeks? Uh, is this by your own accord, or is this just by just natural selection? Oh, you son of a bitch. No, this is because of you. I've just been getting accused of being... That's why he writes for Dean. That's why he writes about the Buffalo Bills so much. This is what I'm getting on Twitter from both Patriots fans and the Bills fan base. You mean people actually listened to what I said? They this did. The first. You Maybe son I should of a make bitch. the jump over here. That's what I'm saying. Why don't you come where you're appreciated? <laughs> I cannot leave my work wife. Because I, I watch your guys' channel, and the guys who aren't you and Paul get more live views than you guys do. They go live a lot more than we do. <laughs> they, do they do. But they don't do the car, and that's the important part. That is that's, true. That's the bread and butter of the business. Hey, with the gas prices the way they are, we've had to put the car in the garage for a while. So, Why don't you just wow. put a green screen behind the car and just like sit in there? Oh, you would not. Just sit in a car for two hours with Paul? He'd kill me. What is he? Fought? Unless we're like, driving. bad. <laughs> he eats, well, he eats, eats donuts, donuts with two hands. Will you stop it? So, <laughs> he eats his donuts with two hands. Yeah, savage. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> they did a whole fifteen-minute video, and the only thing I got out of it was my only comment was, "Why is he eating a donut with two hands?" <laughs> <laughs> that was all I did. That was a, that was a very funny episode. We were talking about the Bills being championship caliber and hanging up AFC East banners. That yes, that's right. How do you defend a championship? That's right. That's why I clicked on it in the first place. I'm like, what fucking championship are they talking about? See, this is like, this is why your viewers have trouble with you and they listen. Then to I was me. like, because oh, I said about the division championship. No, you my won views the division don't have an issue championship. With me. My, my my views don't have an issue with me at all. My my viewers love me. I know, but here's the because deal. Mike's become the asshole oh. of the show, which is even yeah. better. Yeah, I'm, I'm the mean guy now. Skewed. Um, you have to talk into the mic. Into the mic. The thing that happened with podcasting 101. 100. The thing that happened with that was. The Bills were always the hunter in the AFC East going up against the Patriots. So how are they going to feel being the hunted in their own division? Hold on. I thought Let it was a psychological notes. shift. That's Let me take notes. The hunter. Okay. Got it. <laughs> I'm getting roasted by your producer now. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> well, like, oh, we could uh, trade him to Paul. I mean, <laughs> on the table. told you I'll retire first. Paul just sent me a text message. He said, you make this trade. I'm sitting out the 2022 season. Okay. <laughs> I got one. So my guy is just threatening retirement. Your guy is threatening to sit out. He is. He is. Well, uh, he, he just know. signed a new extension. Three years. I don't <laughs> so, think this trade's going to work, Mario. Then I'm, then I'm going to, you know, during the middle of the season, I'm going to be peddling uh, CBD and great pining I'm, to come back i'm co-hosting with debo samuel you're co-hosting with tom brady this is awesome <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> 
Uh, we got to get Paul on here one day. We do. He would love it. Because have a good time. Out of all the interactions I've had with you guys, I've only been on air with Paul once, and that was the post game after the win game. That's the that only was. time I've ever been on air with him. He is the closer. I will admit, he is the closer. Once he goes on a topic, don't even bother talking about it anymore because he'll shut he'll shut it down. It's fantastic. I love it. I don't know. You've heard me talk. I'll just keep going whether I'm wrong or not. This, this <laughs> is true. You could prove me a thousand percent. Nobody, nobody listens to this show for my knowledge. <laughs> Why do you think we, I bring on guys like you and Mike? We had an April Fool's episode that we filmed last year where I said I, I totally button hooked Paul with it. I said we should trade Josh Allen because his his value will not get any higher than this. We should trade him to the Jaguars, get Trevor Lawrence, and see if we could sneak the other Josh Allen onto our team. And he goes, I can't. He, I go, Mitch Trubisky can win eight games with the Bills. He goes, don't ever say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the de- at the end of the episode, I go, what's what's today? He goes, oh f you. <laughs> <laughs> It was a great. Oh, I like that hypothetical trade. Get Josh Allen out of the division. <laughs> nope. No, they'll. Pro- you guys are probably going to trade for Debo Samuel or some stupid shit like oh that. Oh my god, I don't know about that. But it, it's Connor going to button hook me tonight. I just need to know right now if he's going to button hook me. Should, nope. we him- Should we let him know early? Should we just mm-hmm. bring Connor in right now? No, it's not happening tonight. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Con- Connor, I think, is still drunk from the marathon. So it's because his tweets have been just as weird as they've been. As hey, opposed so- to. <laughs> 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 All right, I got. I got a real question for you, and it is. It, it, I do think about this sometimes. So. You you've been at this actually a little bit longer than I have. I started in 2017. You guys have been what 2014. 12 you guys started you guys started as a podcast not a video though right not a video no we didn't start till video till four years ago yeah yep. so you so you've been at it a little bit longer than me i've been at video a little bit longer than you but you've been at the the game Very and true. yes i was talking about it with somebody at work today and they're like what's your end goal and it was really weird because i said of course from a business perspective the end goal is make money and grow in viewership and have a big audience and you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, but saying all that, it's like the quality of the entertainment and the, the way people view me as a broadcaster, not necessarily as an analyst, but as a broadcaster, I'm like at at a smaller level is just as important. And they're like, so do you want to be like become rich and famous and get signed by ESPN? Or do you want to be like a 10,000 person on YouTube? And I was like, can I do both? Because it's kind of like where I sat, I'm like, can I just, I'm like, because if you, if you get big, then your content kind of becomes not yours anymore. People dictate what your content is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, but that's the goal, right? Is to get to the point where you're, and I mean, it happens to me a little bit with, with the Blundell network and stuff. Not that they dictate, but they, I get pushed in a little bit of a, a different direction just because of what their, their shit does and compared to what I do. So I got to kind of cater to that. What's your end goal for hashtag? Like when you guys think of like, I, I know, I know I'm not talking your realistic expectations but like your dream is it to be able to control your own content and be that guy but you got to stay small or you like fuck it tell me what to do and i'll get big and oh i mean we're we're always open to opportunities that may come our way and we would love to have any any other kind of opportunities that happen but it it was like we started out paul and i ended up having conversations when we when we first met of like half hour hour conversations about the bills like why don't we just put this on tape 
and we we started to get generate somewhat of a following and a lot of a fan base so to speak and then we were like let's go to video let's try something that's completely different completely new so i said listen let's do buffalo bills talk with carpool karaoke let's just put it together i'll get a camera we'll just drive around we both have three kids so we're like listen this will be a chance for us to get out of the house on a saturday i'll edit the videos don't worry about it he'll take care of the comment section everything like that we've maintained the one mantra there's two things that we've always maintained was we wanted to educate and entertain that's number one number two when it stops being fun we're done when it stops being fun and entertain a good a fun hobby for us we're going to be done but leading up to that that's what we like to do we like if we're having a good time we feel that everyone else is having a good time because we want to be the the two guys that you could relate to talking about your favorite sports team. Like, yeah, I can imagine having a cup of coffee with my buddy talking about the Bills offensive line situation. But we try to take it a step further to try to and, and try to educate some of the people on okay, what's what's a first round tender? What's salary cap mean? What does this mean? And you know, when you got a base four three versus a base three four, you know, we try to sprinkle in a few of those things as well. And just try to keep everyone engaged and like try to give someone a different outlet for Buffalo Bills news and NFL news that you don't usually get. You know, I totally feel you on the, it needs to be fun, which is why the incarnation of Dear Pat's Nation from 2017 till now has changed so many times. Like, yes. and, and people are like, why can't you be consistent? Because there's another Patriots guy out there, Patriots Global, great content creator, but it's been consistent for and we started around no. the same time he's been consistent since 2017 yep. he's added some wrinkles in there and does some more live stuff and whatever but he's been so consistent and they're like why didn't you just stay like that and i was like because it stopped being fun like that you know the yeah. the voice and that at that point was just like a voiceover with with over pictures and you know maybe some video sprinkled in i'm like that stopped being fun and when i was doing that i was script writing and i really got sick of writing scripts and i'm not that smart but i was pretending to be smart because i was doing like a ton of research and it's no it's real like it became really so it stopped being fun and then like I went live one day and just started answering comments and the questions or the questions in the comment section. And I was like, Oh, this is really fucking fun. And then, and then I got invited to do an AFC's round table with this fucking asshole and, and a, a, a prick of a Jets fan. And I got, um, got muted and all this stuff. And I was like, Holy shit. You know what? I'm like, it's actually really fun to do this with other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. I got paired up with Connor and, and we, 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 you know, we took that version of Deer Pats Nation to just a, a different, I'm going to call it a different level in the sense of we were anything but a football podcast, even though we presented ourselves as a football podcast. You know what I mean? Like we presented ourselves as a football podcast, but we were anything but. Like we were like, like we would talk about football for like a second and a half and go, but. <laughs> I think though what I really want what I really want to do I mean look we're back to being live on YouTube again we stopped that for well I mean first of all as you guys know this panel and uh, knows everything the audience knows I had some personal stuff happening in my life you know what I mean so I had to make change I had to make changes out of necessity um I had no choice for that um and uh, again Mike and, and Mario I appreciate you boys just you know being very accommodating to me because of of the personal situation I'm in um but then I, I said to Mike I just messaged Mike today and I'm like hey we're going back live on YouTube tonight and he was like oh okay and I'm like I'm just I'm sick of having to cut it to an hour like because we have to be out before that hour mark and I like to have these 15 minute conversations before we even get into our subjects you know what I mean like I like yeah. to have and that's who I am yep. 
just and again because just because we're a football podcast doesn't mean we need to talk about football the whole time there's other ways to entertain people and i think that i mean people like i don't like let's just fucking brag mario people love to hear you and i talk to each other because it's just bullshit back and forth for for an hour and a half people like when mike gets mad um you know what i mean it's, son of a bitch i don't get mad that much <laughs> you do, Fuck though. You. you're so tilted more than you think and I'm like, so like, no, but I totally agree with you. And I've always said that when this stops being, when I can't find a new incarnation of Dear Pat's Nation to make it fun where everything feels like work, then I'm finished. The Blundell Network knows that. They know at any time I could say this isn't fun anymore. I quit. You yeah. know what I mean? And yep. my contract with them or my agreement with them dictates that. So whether I got sponsorships, anything, it's like, here, you guys take it over. I'm, I'm out of here. I'm finished. Here, take the channel if you want it. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm done on YouTube. I'm done doing podcasts. Yeah. Anyways, um, the loyal people have continued listening for 16 minutes. Maybe we should um, get into some, <laughs> some football subjects, maybe. Let's, um, maybe. let's do it. Let's Possibly. Do it. Okay, so... Alvin Kamara is a very, very interesting case when it comes to fantasy football uh, and interesting when he's on the field because when you think about it, Kamara, one of the best running backs in the NFL when you go, you know, put him up against anybody. I'd say even the the Dalvin Cooks who recently I've discovered is probably the best running back in the NFL. We can have that conversation. You can go check out some of my other content over on DeanBlundell.com or on the Deer Pass Nation um, YouTube channel or the podcast. We broke down Dalvin Cook and I think both Mike and I were like, wow, he's really good. Um, but you got Alvin Kamara and he's got this criminal case in front of him. Uh, we believe it could be six games, four games, eight games. We haven't heard a lot. Um, interesting stuff with his contract coming out. When you look at like his traditional stats, right? He was sixth in the NFL in carries last season. He was 14th in yards, which when you're 16th in, in or sixth in carries, you maybe shouldn't be 14th in yards, but he's also effective in the in the passing game. Uh, not a great PFF grade, 63.2 overall, 65.9 running, 65.8 receiving. Take that for what it is. I know that people, not everybody loves PFF, but he did have 47 catches, 439 yards. So altogether, he's still like a 1,300-yard running back. Uh, he's a guy that I think any season I would be very, very comfortable taking as my running back in fantasy. However, with all of his legal issues in front of him right now, I just don't feel comfortable bringing in Alvin Kamara on my fantasy team. So, boys, let me turn it to you. Let's look at this from two angles. Kamara, obviously a huge part of the New Orleans Saints offense. Uh, even though they are apparently uh, Jarvis Landry did visit them yesterday. So that's, you know, that's a little bit of a, I don't know, not a breaking news, but a, a developing storyline. Yep. Let me start, Mike, I'll start with you from a fantasy perspective because you've been really high on Kamara and there's like a lot of guys you're like, I'd rather take Kamara over this guy. I'd rather take Kamara over that guy. So sure. let me throw it at you. Are you concerned over this 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 incoming suspension? We are talking off air. Mario just said to me he's going to get eight games. You know what I mean? Like he just dropped it. Yeah. I won't, Mario's got to really think about his contract, but we're going to let Mario explain that. But when you talk about fantasy, um, are you comfortable taking him? And maybe talk a little about his impact on the Saints as well. Yeah, I, I think this year, again, it, it depends on what he gets. And if that suspension isn't levied by time people are uh, drafted drafting, I think you're you probably shouldn't see him drafted or drafted very low as a result of that. Um, listen, he's been 
the Saints' most impactful player, I would say, in the last two years, even with Michael Thomas there, because last year they had no weapon, and you saw that. It was just go to Alvin Kamara. Now, eventually the team just imploded, right? Jameis Winston got hurt, so he was really the leader of that team. Um, You know, so when you're talking about impact as a player, I think if he comes back, if he comes back healthy, again, say he was going to play 16 games, he's the, he's the type of running back I would feel really comfortable probably taking at the back end of the first round. He would probably be there. The guy gets a ton of receptions, uh, you know, fantasy-wise. Again, he's just as much of a productive uh, receiver as he is a runner. Now, he's never – I don't think he's ever broken a 1,000 yards, but he's had close to 800, 900 yards uh, receiving. So it does balance out there. Mario, well, uh, you want to drop your your contract thing on us first? You brought up yeah, in the, it was off air because I think it's interesting. It was very interesting because you know the the issue obviously you know during the Pro Bowl he was charged with another football player and two other individuals then uh, were arrested on February fourteenth, and then the judge um, decided to postpone his court date until April twenty fifth, uh, which was very interesting because um, at the time when they tried when the news article came out March eighth. He had a uh, clause in his contract that gave him a roster bonus due March 22nd of 2022. So you have you effectively the judge. I don't think the judge had any knowledge of that. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. It's just pure speculation. But decided to push it back past his roster bonus, which I thought was very interesting because they were going to have the court date before that, um, which definitely would have, you know, I don't know if the Saints really would have done anything. You just extended this guy. He has a voided year in year 31, age 31 for him. So this is his last contract with the Saints. He's not going to be with the Saints anymore unless they decide to keep extending him, much like they did Drew Brees when they just kept you know kicking that can down the road. And, obvi- and then Brees had to actually help him out uh, with the Saints. But you're, you're talking about a guy who, who very much is like a Christian McCaffrey now. We've seen the differences with that type of running back who's that size coming into the NFL. Now, Sean Payton, his first year in the NFL, he didn't use Kamara very much in the first six, seven games. You know why? Because running backs tend to get burnt out really, really quick in the NFL because they're only used to playing 13, 14 games. Now you have this very long schedule. You're trying to get adjusted. This is your job. This is your life now. So that being said, he has always been used sparingly. If you look at the if Kamara stats – I mean, it's funny to see that in five years, he's only started 45 games, you know, due to injury or what else, and still has been able to put up 4,000 yards rushing and, you know, 3,200 yards receiving, which is pretty amazing for as limited the guy has been on the field. Now, as far as from a fantasy aspect, obviously, if if there's no levy, we, we assume there's going to be a four game, maybe a six game, maybe an eight game. I think it's going to be eight games. I think it's similar to a Kareem Hunt situation. He is claiming that it was in self-defense to try to lessen whatever kind of damage it is. But that all being said, I wouldn't take Kamara. I mean, nothing being said right now, but I wouldn't take Kamara anywhere before the fourth. If that, if you have a keeper league, but that's just me with Kamara and, and how he is and how his stature is. We look at Christian McCaffrey. Would you take McCaffrey in the first round on talent? Yeah. He's a first rounder, but the guys played 10 games the last two seasons. So what are you inevitably getting for your return for taking a player that high? One-year leagues, it's tough to pick him that high. Two, two uh, you know, keeper leagues, fantasy leagues, um, you know, dynasty leagues that you have. Maybe you want to take hold on to him. He's, you're probably going to hold on and put him on your bench for a little bit right now. 
But I mean, I wouldn't get rid of him. But that being said, all those things being considered, I don't know if Kamara is one of those guys that I would I would project taking in the first or second round. Let me let me ask you guys, how hurt was he last season? Because this this stat was really interesting to me. I was just I was looking it up when you were talking there. Um, and anybody might have noticed, I was also figuring out how to brighten the screen on my computer as well, because all of a sudden I just came to life. Just open Google, dude. Just open I was, Google. I, I did open Google. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, how to brighten Mac screen. <laughs> was, but, um, okay, so he's always been a productive runner. 6.1 yards per carry in 2017. 4.6, 4.7, 5 in 2020. He only averaged 3.7 yards per carry last season. Is mm-hmm. that him? Is that his injury? Is that the offensive line? I didn't watch a lot of New Orleans Saints football last year. Is that now? He's now, it was his, what, sixth year in the league, right? We, we Running backs are is the position that will just fall off a cliff in, in no time flat. You know, they'll go from a top running back to a nothing. What? What incurred? Why was his why was his PFF ranking so low? And I know that you're not a big fan of PFF ratings and scoring, but I mean, didn't even get into the 70s. Clearly, not a good year for Kamara. Do either of you guys have an explanation of what the hell happened with Alvin Kamara last yeah. year? So I would, yeah, I watched quite a few Saints games, and not only was he hurt, but the team just became completely one dimensional without uh, J- uh, Jameis there completely one-dimensional i mean they had very little you know receiving aspect to them so it was hand the ball off to kamara same thing they did with naji okay well you're not gonna go anywhere good luck that that's a lot of what i saw if you look at it there's two things that happened with him from the previous season and and why there was such a big drop off you had michael thomas who was inactive he i think he only played what six games Seven games, yeah, something like that. So he was inactive. So you take he that. Played, chip off he the played table. all. I don't remember Michael Thomas playing. Exactly. It was no, the that was twenty twenty. I'm sorry. That's why. Yeah, so he, he was, was out. He was out. Yeah, he didn't play at all last year. year. I was yeah, looking at twenty twenty. My my apologies on that. Oh, but, I, I thought mean, you that's were talking about twenty. Well. 20 but yeah, okay. but twenty twenty one, uh, obviously Michael Thomas wasn't even there. So you take that chip yeah. off the table. That's a huge one. And then also, you don't have Drew Brees. You don't have Drew Brees there. So. I mean, the thing that you're terrified of, the two things that you're terrified of on that team were going to be Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and then Kamara. Um, sometimes, you know, Kamara and, and Thomas would be interchanged. But if you only have him, you could stack the box, you do a bunch of things. If you don't have consistent quarterback play, a lot of those things can play into what was going on. And you have to realize, too, you look at the you look at the defensive improvements of Tampa Bay, the defensive improvements of Carolina, and, you know, Atlanta um, always trying to, you know, you know, it seems like they're always trying to find some defensive playmakers over there. That's six or 17 games that you got to play. So all of that being considered, you know, packed into one was probably the reason for his downfall. He wasn't seeing the, the running lanes that he usually sees because guys were all hugging the box because you didn't really have any threats. You didn't have any threats other than other than Kamara. So you put your 100% of your focus on Kamara, and he was still able to do some of the things that you would like him to do with other weapons around him. Now, I think uh, you said something about Jarvis Landry going to take a visit down to the Saints. I don't know how they could pay the the hot dog vendor at this point because they have no money. They have no cap space. I think they're almost $30 million over the cap for next season already. So I'm not really sure. The Buffalo Bills and the New Orleans Saints have, have proven without a shadow of a doubt that the salary cap is a myth. Oh, it is not a myth. Stop it. And if you want to... 
If you want to <laughs> sign somebody, you will figure out a way to do it. <laughs> You're going to lose some guys, though. You can't keep them all. You can't keep them all. Just know that. Yeah, like Buffalo's going to lose Jordan Poyer because they, they don't appreciate what he does <laughs> with the safety. I just want you to know, I take great pride, great pride that me and Kevin <clears throat> Gerard started that whole thing on Twitter two weeks ago with all the Buffalo fans and Poyer having to come out and say, it's not that I don't like him when he made his little statement, like, you know, this is business and blah, blah. I want you to know there was no conversation about Jordan Poyer needing, wanting, or getting a contract extension until we put, we floated in the atmosphere and his wife and him retweeted us and liked us. And for the last two weeks, do you know what? We're not talking about this enough, Mike. No, Kevin you, and you... I, Kevin and I created a controversy, not amongst Buffalo fans, but with a player. And we started it again last night. And guess what? Retweet and like. Guess who did it? The uh, the supermodel and Poyer. How Ray do you feel Ra- about the Ravel Rousey? I I have a different perspective being a Buffalo guy on this. Now Poyer saw Hyde get an extension last season. Okay. How do you feel that nothing was said until we just started going I, off? About I it? You know, well maybe it was just perfect timing on your part, Ray. But I, I don't want to take any credit away from you. But you want to you want to talk about. What the extension that Hyde got, all these new guys that they're paying, and you got Edmonds and Oliver on the horizon that you have to pay in the future. This is Poyer's time now. Now is when he has to try to make some kind of noise. And he just he just he switched uh, agencies as well. He did. So that's that's one of how the things as well. That's how it all started. So when he switched yeah. agent, Kevin retweeted it and said, "Yes, he's been getting unpaid forever." Unpaid you know what I mean? It's time you pay the guy. I then replied to that, and dude, we had like 800 replies to us, and Poyer responded to our tweet, his girlfriend responded to our tweet, they both retweeted, and we went on for like a day and a half, like retweeting, tweeting all crazy, he just kept retweeting our shit over and over and over again, his wife kept retweeting our shit over and over and over again. Three days later, he's making like a statement, almost apologizing to Bill's Mafia's fan, and I sat back and took the, like, I caused this. But I never really bragged about it. Like, I don't think we've talked about this enough. I <laughs> shit between the Buffalo Bills, the Bills Mafia, and one of the Buffalo Bills players. And we, You're right. Are you, have not, you been? We've not you, bragged about this at all. I brag about having a big shit in the morning, but I just let this one go away. I don't understand I was, it. I was going to say, are you, are you sick? Have you taken a COVID test recently? Because now that you say it out loud, the fact that you haven't you, been is a little... Uh, Nobody loves me like I love me. You know what I mean? And the fact that I have the fact that I haven't been fucking pumping my tires about this is unbelievable. Ladies and gentlemen, the TO of YouTube is right here. I love me some me. I will say this. I you know what? I <laughs> Razor, you do all right. I'll give you your credit where credit is due. I will give you your credit where credit is due. I will go, I will say a few things. One, Poyer and Hyde, in my opinion, are the best safety tandem in the league. Wrong. That's that's my opinion. That's how I'm sticking to it. The Hold on, stop, this. stop, stop, stop. Yes, here we go. Who? What do you mean who? Yeah, who? Uh, I guess I guess you, you say you I guess you I guess you said tandem. I guess we have the best safety trio in the league now. They play with three now? Yeah. 
It's going to be Peppers, Phillips, and Dyer. I know. We we had this discussion how he's going to – Belichick's going to run. Well, we're a foursome. We got McCordy in there, too. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't count. You look, you look at it, though. Here's this. Poirier – now, and I think this is something that both of these gentlemen can agree with. And if you agree with this, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe. Poirier, just like any other player, you get paid for what you're going to do, not what you did. I'm sorry. That's how the NFL business works. You're going to get paid for what you're going to do, not what you did. The amount of miles that has been on Jordan Poyer in his seasons in Buffalo and what he's been doing, this guy comes up at 150 miles an hour and hits anything that moves. Yeah. That has taken its toll. Yeah. And he's in phenomenal shape. You know, if, you, if you saw the story on Poyer uh, that came out about his, you know, his personal demons, it's absolutely amazing. However, you're only going to get paid in the NFL for what you're going to do, not what you did. So that being said, unless you play for New England, you get paid for what you didn't do, regardless of how good you are. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is this another Nikhil Harry? We got. We, did we reach oh, the quota? No, <laughs> Nikhil. Nikhil, I'm rooting for that guy. I'm now on the Nikhil Harry bandwagon. Now that everybody wants him gone, I'm going to defend that guy to the to the T. <laughs> All right, that's, we got to move on this Poyer thing because it wasn't even a part of my subject tonight. We'll have lots of time to talk about Poyer. I just needed to, yeah, we still got, we got to, okay. <clears throat> All right, I got to set this up, okay, guys? Got to set, yes. I got to, I got to, got to set it up. Uh-oh. The Dallas Cowboys are the favorites to win the NFC East. Lately, they've, uh, the division's been known as the NFC Least. I think that a lot of people maybe forget, though, that, the Philadelphia Eagles have done a lot to sort of build themselves up. I don't know how much I trust Jalen Hurts, if I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, Carson Wentz is not the answer in Washington, the same way he wasn't the answer in Indianapolis. By the way, the same way Matt Ryan's not the answer in Indianapolis either. And uh, the the Giants are the Giants, so they'll probably win the Super Bowl uh, just because that's what New York does. Uh, But, you know, Dallas coming out to be the favorites of the NFC East. A little bit of a different team this year. Uh, a little surprised that they went with Michael Gallup over Amari Cooper. I know that Cooper's on his final year. I know he's owed $20 million, but you could have easily extended him, converted some money around, put it into bonuses. You could have you could have reduced that cap hit significantly this year. Uh, they elected to go with Gallup. We have heard that Dak Prescott preferred throwing the football to, to Michael Gallup, and he was really upset when he was out last year because he was kind of having to force feed the ball to Amari Cooper. Uh, Jerry Jones came out crying after they were eliminated in the playoffs last year because he feels it was one of the best teams that he ever fielded. And yet again, the Dallas Cowboys disappointed in the playoffs. And I can't necessarily disagree with him. So when it comes to the betting lines this year and Dallas being a minus 115, and I think I don't have the other ones in front of me, but I think Philly's in second, like at a plus 308. So it's not even close. I mean, Vegas is just leaning hard on Dallas winning the division. I, I can't disagree with it. I think Dallas is going to mop up the division. They're going to have their, their big win streaks. They're going to lose to the game teams they shouldn't lose to. They're going to be streaking, and they're probably going to be eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. However, that doesn't change them winning the NFC East. Uh, I like them to win that division. Uh, I liked him in the NFC because the NFC is so weak this year. Uh, this I would actually put money. I know that I'm not big on putting money on anything minus, but I probably would put minus on that 115 uh, because I do believe that uh, that Dallas is going to wrap that up easily. I will turn to you boys now. Uh, start with Mario. I know that you were just biting at your chomp to rip on the Cowboys. I could hear you in your, your pre-show prep when you were talking to yourself and um, – 
Favorites to win the NFC East? I mean, they got to be, right? I mean, that is a, such a putrid division. There's a reason it was called the NFC East over there. I mean, you got the you got a second-year head coach for the Eagles with uh, Jalen Hurts. Like I said, I don't trust a lot of the things that they do, but they do have a lot of high draft picks. They do have a lot of equity that they can make some noise in that division. Um, then you look at the Washington. I, I mean, Washington's got a new new name, new quarterback. And didn't the odds of them winning the division actually go down when they traded for Carson Wentz? So uh, you talk about a guy who <laughs> FedEx Field has claimed so many souls of injuries, and you you bring a guy there with bad knees. Like I don't understand. Like it's gonna be Joe, they're gonna put up the wall of shame. It's gonna be Joe Theismann, Alex Smith, and then Carson Wentz next to each other. Like they have just torn ACLs. Like I don't wish that upon the guy. But and then you got a new head coach and a new. Um, new system going on in, in New York where there's a lot of things going on with Brian Dable and everything going on in, in, in New York. So you look at that. It's interesting to see that Dallas, you know, just coming off a of 12 wins, scoring 500 points. Of course they would be the favorites to win the division again, because they have, they have the most incumbent players. I think a lot of people don't know that it goes on a lot of the incumbents that come back and a lot of the continuity that you have with your team. So them being the favorites to win the East, I could see it because of, what's around them but it's not solely because of what the cowboys have done they also have micah parsons who's the, who's the next Lawrence taylor so that doesn't hurt either he could single-handedly win you a game and get you He's a big a stop freak, isn't he? you know what if you are up and have to kick the ball off you know with two minutes left having him on the field would probably make you feel so good that you know there's a good chance he's going to hit the quarterback at some point um, by the way, since we got on the Giants for a second and we talked about the new coach and obviously Brian Dayball, I joined Hashtag Sports, I don't know, a few weeks ago, impromptu on a Sunday. You just texted me and said, hey, do you want to go live? And I was like, sure. And I innocently, I wasn't even trying to trash talk because everybody knows how I feel about Josh Allen because I'm a Closet Bills fan. But everybody knows how I feel about everybody knows how I feel about Josh Allen. But I asked. Hey, could Dayball make um, Daniel Jones better? Because I see a lot of similarities in Daniel Jones to Josh Allen. I wasn't saying that they're the same quarterback. I wasn't even, you know what I mean? I was saying from a skill set perspective, though, they they're share both a skill set. They share a skill set. Josh Allen is just a lot better at how he uses that skill set than Josh Allen is. Um, I have a skill set as well uh, to be a play offensive line. It doesn't mean it's as good as Joe Tooney's or the fourth string practice squad uh, tackle. Like, it's just, it's what it is. Anyways, I heard a Buffalo radio station making this comparison, and Buffalo fans' heads exploded the same way that hashtag nation's heads exploded when I said it. I got a question for you. Why are Buffalo Bills fans becoming so fucking sensitive lately? Because you knew the comparison I was making. I was not trying to say they're the same quarterback or they're going to share in the same success as a quarterback. I was just trying to say this is a coach who could possibly know how to use a Daniel Jones. And this is exactly what the radio station was saying. And you guys just lost your fucking minds. Oh, my God. Ray, you are the New England Patriots version of Vince McMahon. I swear to God, 
this always happens because you always do. We had a very detailed and and wonderful discussion about Daniel Jones versus Josh. You Jones. and I, but because you and it I. didn't happen on your channel, it never. It's like if it happened in WCW, and then these two guys meet in WWE, it never really happened in WCW. The no, first it did time happen. Ever going against each other. No, you and I. I, I, said, I just said it. We yes, talked about it. And Jones has Nation, a skill set. The guy's and- mobile. The guy could throw. That's not what we're talking play. about right now. You and I had a decent conversation. We did. We I'm did. saying. Why, why do they? Because being kicked in the teeth for 17 straight years and to finally have a quarterback that everyone reveres now in in for your team that you cheer for. And then if anybody ever compares him to anyone other than the greatest quarterback of all time, then it's, it's not. <laughs> that's not for interpretation. <laughs> but that being said. You're not going to – Bills fans have waited so long for this guy. And Can I just remind you, you that Patriots them? fans got kicked in the teeth a lot longer than Buffalo Bills fans did? A lot longer. You went to a Super Bowl before the Bills did. You went 85. Oh, my God. And they weren't supposed to – that was like – that was like – that'd be like Jacksonville going to the Super Bowl this year, a team that was not supposed to go to the Super Bowl. That went on some miracle oh, run. Do you know how the, you know when you talk about games that you would have wanted to see? I wanted to see Miami versus Chicago in the '85 Super Bowl. Oh, I thought you wanted. I thought you would have. You were. Oh no, you were. Oh, you were alive in '85. Here we go. I wasn't. See what he does. See what he does, guys. Where, where, where's that? Does this? What was thing. the end game on that? It wasn't. I was. I was going in a completely different direction, and I saw. He said, "Here we go." So I had to change directions again. He loves throwing those digs. I swear to God. So, anyways, I don't understand how that made me the Vince McMahon of 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 this podcast thing because I acknowledge we were on your show. I acknowledge no, no, that no, you no, and I had a like, conversation. Like I happens. acknowledge that hashtag Nation lost their mind. Then I acknowledge. Then I put out and said a Buffalo radio station talked about it, and Bills fans lost their fucking mind. And then I asked you why Bills fans are so sensitive. I did not. It's like I didn't pretend that I wasn't. I made it clear that I was on hashtag Sports. I don't know. No, no. I'm, I'm just trying to say that. But here's what I'm going to say. In the early years of Tom Brady, if anyone ever said anything negative about him, due to the amount of times y'all got kicked in the teeth, as you referenced, how – I mean, because Boston sports fans are so – My father headed. kicked Tom Brady in the teeth for three years, even after he won three, two Super Bowls. <laughs> You got to okay. remember for it's older, a very limited sample size, Ray. I'm talking about the Boston public. No, but what I'm saying is you got no, no. And I think Mike could talk about this. You got to remember for the older Boston fans. Yes. Drew Bledsoe was the hero for a long time. Drew oh. Bledsoe is what brought us out of misery. I will yeah. never forget this Belichick has to go playing this fucking Brady bum in the Super Bowl over Bledsoe. And then after they won the Super Bowl, my dad going, nah, they'll trade Brady in the offseason and they'll stick with Bledsoe. They just made a game a 10-year deal. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there was still a lot of people, even after they won another Super Bowl, wearing Bledsoe jerseys. Bledsoe's a fucking hero in New England. Now, Mm -hmm. I know there's a bunch of young people in the comments right now calling me a fucking idiot and a fucking everything else, which is fine. You can do that. But anybody who was a Bledsoe fan, which I was, it fucking hurt. And it hurt even more to see Buff- to see him playing in Buffalo. Well, you, you know, know what's I mean? funny about that, too, is nobody really talks about this now because Belichick is, you know, a god. But the drafts under Bill Parcells while he was in New England, not only did Bill Parcells put the Patriots on the map, but the players yeah. that he drafted while he was here, 
Willie McGinnis, Teddy, Bruski, Lawyer Malloy. In one draft. One draft. Drew Bledsoe. Uh, it, it's just, I mean, Parcells and and Bledsoe saved the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so no, no, it's not the same. I, I think it'd be like, I don't know what comparison to make. I think it would be like kicking a young Aaron Rodgers in the teeth. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of what Brady was to, like, Rodgers was to far. Brady was to Bledsoe, even though. Bledsoe never got us the Super Bowl. He got us to a Super Bowl that we could have won. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Incidentally enough, lost to Favre. Um, yeah. So I just think and, – and Parcells would have been revered here if he didn't pull that shit with the Jets. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. f- tell tell Kraft who's retiring and then go sign with the Jets with the full intentions of being the coach. Anyways, guys, we got to get to our Patreon page, uh, Patreon yeah. questions. 43 minutes in. This is why we go live now because I, with Mario, I knew we wouldn't get to everything. So we still got four more segments. We've done two of the six in 43 minutes. Um, Patreon.com slash DPN Sports, five bucks a month to get all your questions and comments answered on every Dear Pass Nation podcast, which is Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, you get the Hangout, which is technically a live show, but we don't put it on the podcast because that'd just be fucking boring for people. Um, <laughs> Moises Carter says, my Patriots brother, Ray Rowe, what's going on with our New England Patriots? We need a lot of help in the draft. I'll be on your show for the Friday night hangout. All right, Moises, he's never been there before. Uh, Same comment you've left already this week and a couple times last week, Moises. Um, I don't know how to address this in a different way, buddy. Yeah, they need help. They need to address the linebacker position, the corner position, wide receiver, interior offensive line. I've uh, come to the conclusion that they're probably going to take an offensive lineman in the first round of the draft. They're going to trade out at 21. They're going to go down to 31. You know what? Let's change this question up. I got. I want to throw this scenario at you. We already talked about it last night, Mike. Yeah. I saw a, a PFF, like, or no, I think it was a Pat's Pulpit, um, mock draft and i want to throw this this trade scenario at you the patriots trade the 21st overall pick and a third round pick i think the 84th to the kansas city chiefs for the 30th and 31st pick do you like that he's he's thinking talking to me yes oh i thought you were talking to mike you said mike uh the no i said mike and i already talked about this so i'm gonna ask mario (laughs) okay all right i'm just you know i wanted to look up the official draft chart and if many of you know this is the one thing that was made famous by jimmy jones um the johnson jimmy johnson yes yes the the coach not the race car driver so if they're gonna trade 21 which is 800 points and their third round pick you said right yeah, that's what the, they had on the draft, yeah. Third round is 165, so it's 965 for the 31st pick, which is 600. So they're giving up quite a bit because third-round picks now happen to be the starters. You know, you're, you're, you're right. giving up a, a very lucrative four-year deal for, you know, you know, a player like that. I think that um, – You think they could do the 21st for 30s and 31st straight up? Oh, absolutely. They could do the, for a, a first and a third, but, but that here's what happens prior to that. There's a lot of teams with multiple picks before that happens. So the trade, um, the trade value and the, uh, the bar will be set prior to that. You know, what, the, what the, what the, uh, the market is as far as that goes. So a lot of those things could, could change come draft day. Um, trading within the conference is always a little sketchy. Trading within your division is absolutely no, no. Uh, I would say that if it was an if it was an NFC team they were trading with, so if they're trading near the bottom of the first round, 
they can almost get uh, they can almost get the, the pick from Green Bay if they wanted to, or Tampa. <laughs> but I funny. think we like Trading the Kansas. Tampa. I think we like the Kansas City pick because they got two first rounders, right? That thirty. True, the 30 true. First. They do, but a team that's able to move up, especially like a team like Detroit, let's say they have the thirty second pick, which they already traded with. Um, they got that with the Rams for uh, Stafford. If they do have two first up. round picks. I told True. I knew they had more than one. Yeah, so if they I, go I looked up, at it the other night. Yeah, yeah they, they got they got two and thirty two, so they could move up to twenty one, and you know, um, you know, because so they're going to move back. They're going to move up to twenty one, and they're going to get a third rounder for that. You're talking about? Well, no. So the what we so, had, so they was, trade that. Yeah, we had a trade. They had a trade with Kansas City. Who Kansas City got the twenty first pick and the third oh, okay. overall, yeah, and they yeah. gave up the thirtieth and thirty first picks of the first round. And I'll just I'll just throw this out there: Kansas City is not going to trade with Green Bay. Their needs are almost identical. Yeah, they're both going to be going after the same. Yeah, receivers. they will not. Yeah, I can see that. A lot of those end picks, though, near the twenties uh, that you guys see, if you if you go to near the back end of that first round, is always uh, a guy that they want to have a fifth year option on. So, what are some of the premium positions that you could see right offensive now? Offensive line, offensive yeah. line, cornerback, quarterback, or yep. but you, I mean, you look at it, you got Bengals. Which with everybody's talking about the Patriots drafting a quarterback. No, I've no, I'm just saying that new, teams usually trade back into the first round for a fifth year deal because of those positions. I'm just saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, but and yeah. I think, and that's what I, I think. If Belichick could get his offensive lineman and his linebacker in the first round and have fifth year options on both of them, he doesn't need a linebacker. Yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No. No, he's, he's gonna go. He's gonna. Go I know he's gonna go heavy, heavy safeties, but he still needs an athletic linebacker. He's, he's got the real. <laughs> he's got Duggar. You kidding me? All right, Moises. Thank you so much for your uh, question. Uh, Articular <laughs> Pack Six asks about Debo, but we are going to be talking about Debo Samuel, so I'm going to skip that for now. Uh, this one, uh, oh my God, this is Connor reincarnated. Uh, Articular Pack Six says, "Question for Alex Smith." How does it feel knowing that the Bills have to face the GOAT, Big Dick Nick Foles? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where is Foles? <laughs> I, isn't he still with the Bears? Yeah, I, think to say, I think he meant to say Nick Folk, to be honest with you. Nick Foles. Uh, yeah, uh, Big Swinging Nick. Yeah, I don't um, – <laughs> Buffalo Bills going to have to contend with him, but if they could trade seven for three, I, got, I like my chances. So <laughs> – <laughs> with that, Nick Folk is the number one weapon Where, I'm terrified of. Where's Where's like, Connor? Tyler Bass. He's oh. here in spirit all the time. Yeah, I know. Tyler Bass is a ma- monster. You just yeah, he did write Folk. He didn't write Folk, but I know he meant Folk. He meant <laughs> Folk. He meant Damn Folk. autocorrect. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? I was just thinking about this, um, and then we gotta we'll go on to the to talk about Devonte Parker. I really don't know what we're going to talk about. I literally just listed. I sent the guys the list today of what we're talking about, and all it said was Alvin Kamara, Cowboys favorite to win the East, <laughs> Patreon, Devonte Parker, Debo Samuel, Devonte Adams. That was how I explained to them what we're talking about tonight. That's his dream wide receiver yes. core in New England. No, yes. no context <laughs> behind what we were going to talk about. Um, I really didn't know, but okay, so. For a couple of years, I'm sure you had to hear from Kansas City Chiefs fans like, "Oh, you gave you know you trade you gave us Patrick Mahomes." Yes, but Still. now, but now, you got Josh Allen and Tre'Davious White. So who really won that trade? To to dive a little bit deeper into what you're discussing as well, 
Yes, the Buffalo Bills traded out of the 10th pick in the 2017 draft back to uh, 27, I believe, and then they picked up Tredavious White, who was, by the way, the fourth corner taken off the board. Um, if there's a guy that McDermott could scout, it's cornerbacks. So they gave him a first-round pick the following year. But you don't, what people fail to realize is they used the resources from that pick as well, not only to get Josh Allen, but to get Tremaine Edmonds. So it was a three-for-one. So having Tremaine Edmonds, Trey White, and Josh Allen traded for Patrick Mahomes, and the little caveat is with the asterisk is he has a ring. And they've been in the AFC Championship game how many times? You know what I mean? So all considered, both teams won out on that trade. And, you know, Mahomes got to go sit for a year behind Alex Smith, learn from Andy Reid, who's the greatest offensive mind, in my opinion, in the NFL in NFL history. I mean, the kid couldn't couldn't have gone to a better better place. You ever heard that? Um, you ever heard that? It's like I think it's the the degrees of Kevin Bacon and how like oh yeah, he's connected to Kevin Bacon. Oh yeah, we do that with New England Patriots draft picks, like um, in trades. Like we tracked because Belichick flipped so many picks. We tracked the Jimmy Garoppolo wait, trade. Wait. I just I was gonna say I just linked it in the private chat. It came out kind of weird font. Okay, but all right. So here I'm gonna read it out. Okay, so here is the this is all linked to the Jimmy Garoppolo trade, correct? Yeah. So here's what the the Patriots traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the San Francisco 49ers for a second round pick. When you look at the degrees of separation based on moving picks around, here's how it goes: Duke Dawson, cornerback, 2018 second round draft pick out of Florida. Uh, he never emerged and was traded along with a seventh-round pick to Denver in 2019 for a 2026-round pick. Christian Sam, a linebacker, a 2018 sixth-round pick. He never played a game for the team. Juwan Williams, <laughs> cornerback. Uh, the Patriots traded up with uh, for uh, traded up for to the Vanderbilt defensive back in 2019, second round, 45th overall. Uh, and after a quiet rookie year, he has carved out a niche role in his second season, playing on a special team. And Ocasi, I'm not sure what else we'll say, but um, anyways, that is all due to getting one second round pick from the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, two, yeah, it was two, and actually, so it doesn't list Trent Brown, Damian Harris was part of the trade, just like the list. Did we use on. a pick to get Trent Brown? Did we use one of the picks that we traded no, to, from that second? Uh, no, we gave up like a late round pick. But was that connected Wait, to the that, Jimmy Garoppolo yes, trade? it was all, it okay. was all connected So anyways, there's like 12 players that come through New England that are all linked to that one second-round pick that San Francisco sent the Patriots. It's crazy. Yeah. And we do yeah. the separations of, of things. Mario's not amused at all. Fuck you. All right, guys, let me set this up. Let me set this up. The New England Patriots made a interdivision trade for, I think, the second time in three years, and it happened to be with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, they traded its second time in three years, third time in four years, because they traded Demarius Thomas in the New York Jets a few years ago. Uh, they brought in some dude at the trade deadline <laughs> in, uh, in 2019, had a cup of coffee, or 2020, had a cup of coffee and left, and then this year traded for Devontae Parker, which a lot of Patriot fans are hoping can stay health, healthy um, and become that number one wide receiver. He does have a year with 1,000 yards. Uh, last year, he was targeted 73 times. That was 51st in the NFL. He had 40 receptions that tied him for 65th. 
515 total receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. That was good for 71st in the NFL. Uh, not really number one material uh, when you break it down, but of course, another injury filled season for Devontae Adam or Devontae Parker, which is clearly an issue uh, for this younger ish, uh, younger ish receiver. I think he's what, 26 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parker? 29. Yeah, 29 years 29. Old. Oh, I thought he was 29. He's still under 30. Still under 30. Former first round pick. So Mac Jones will be throwing to a first rounder. Could have had another first rounder in Nikhil Harry. Um, I, for one, am keeping my expectations realistic. I'm excited to have Devontae Parker. Not, though, that he's going to become this big number one. But I think that this Patriots offense, especially if they were to draft like a John Mechie, which we've all been kind of high on, it's a very, it's not. It's okay. It's not Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis. It's not that kind of and 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 Jamison Crowder. It's not that kind of you know threesome across the line. But Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, John Mechie, tie that in with Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Uh, I'm really confident in this Patriots offense that it's going to be able to move the football. And it's I mean really now going to come all the way down to Mac Jones. And whether he takes that step forward or not and is able to run that game-managing style to get them the ball, a lot of underneath. Parker's going to wear number 11. Uh, so, sorry, Jules, but uh, I have a lot of number 11 jerseys, so that works out great for me this year. Uh, but I'm going to say I've thought about this a lot. We've talked about it to death, but I've really been trying to figure out the fit and whether I really liked the Devontae Parker move and whether I thought he was going to be an important piece, complimentary piece to this offense. And I think that he's going to be a very solid complimentary piece. I think even if he plays every game this year, I don't seem getting any more than 600, 700 yards, not because of his capabilities. I think Kendrick Bourne's going to take a much bigger role, but I like Devonte Parker. And I think that he's going to be one of those guys to quietly make this Patriots offense pretty good. So with that being said, what impact do you guys think Devonte Parker is going to have? What imp- uh, d- d- double question? What impact do you think Devontae Parker is going to have on the Patriots? And the number two is this Patriots offense like quietly better than maybe people have been you know on have been giving them credit for on say Twitter. Mario, uh, go first. Whoever wants to go first, Mario, let's start with you. Guess first. I love the move. I absolutely love the move. You have a <laughs> you got a six foot two wide receiver that runs a four four. Obviously, that was what his combine numbers were. But you are doing you're effectively opening up everything underneath for those two tight end freaks that you have in Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. Now you 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 got six two Devontae Parker, six two Kendrick Bourne, six two Jacoby Myers. You know, I mean you just try to line those guys up. They are gonna be matchup problems because there's not a lot of cornerbacks, especially slot corners, that can match the size with that. And especially if you wanted to go to a five wide set, let's just say you wanted to put all your cards on the table. You want to put Parker, Bourne, and Myers out on the field with Smith and Henry. How are you physically going to match up with that? you know, coming off the line. That's number one. Number two, I thought of this as kind of like an insurance move for Belichick because a lot of times what Brandon Bean has been doing, he'll pick up guys before the draft if he can't get those guys in the draft. Now, what if this was not so much a smokescreen, but an insurance policy for, let's say, a Jamison Williams for the New England Patriots to pick up? Now, you want to put Williams, former Alabama product, remember, you know, him and Saban got that connection. You put Williams on the field, you won't, you won't need anything else, but uh, but like maybe Myers or Bourne. So now you can still you can use your traditional running backs if you wanted to. 
opens up things underneath, not only for Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, Ty Montgomery coming out of the backfield. So you're giving Mac Jones options in this offense that he didn't have the previous season, all because you have a guy that could take the cover off of the defense and you're opening up things underneath for him. I am going to say that I believe that there's always a place for a Kendrick Bourne on the Patriots, even when Randy Moss was on that team. Wes Welker still had a very active role on that offense, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the Kendrick Bourne role. And I just believe that there's always going to – I and I think – I know people think it's Myers that has that role. It's not. It's Kendrick Bourne, even though he's he's bigger. I know people like to look at the short guys and just compare them to, you know, <laughs> but – um, so I, I think that Bourne will be there because there's always going to be a spot for Kendrick Bourne, no matter what your offense looks like. That's just my my my, my opinion on that. Mike, I'll turn it to you. We got to go quick on this one. Yeah, um, we've talked about this before, so I'm going to be quick here, pretty concise. I, I agree with Mario completely. I think he's an insurance policy. I think he's a matchup nightmare. Yeah, Ray gets all pissy when I agree with somebody else but him. So no, you can agree with other people. It's not him. Just not oh, all right. that well, guy. All right. Well, he's completely wrong. Um, they're probably going to go get Sky Moore in like the second round. Who the hell wants Jamison Williams? They want a short. Jamison Williams can, can even play this year. Yeah, he'll be able to play. He'll be eligible to play. Like, yeah, but is he going to miss a lot of camp? That's what I heard, though. He won't no, be really so. Well, right now the speculation and his ag- his his aggressive timeline, his camp's aggressive timeline, is to be ready for camp. Like so, rookie camp or training camp? No, like training training camp. So July, basically. Yeah, which is still okay. pretty optimistic. Um, now, I just want to remind all the Patriot fans out there that Williams and Mac Jones never played together. Yeah, I don't. So here's the yeah. thing. I don't want to get too caught. If we're going to talk about him, I don't want to get caught up on the fact that he's an Alabama product. He's just a phenomenal receiver. But that's why I like John Mechie, though, because I think John right. Mechie is a good receiver and he and Mac Jones won a national championship together in Alabama. Yeah. Right? Um, I'll go, I'll get back to Devontae Parker because otherwise we could talk about this for a while. Um, I, I, I agree with Ray in the fact that like, let's not Thank get you. high on this. He's probably going to be a 600 yard guy, but they could be, you know, and I've said this before, they could be crucial 600 yard yard type of situations he's a matchup nightmare for cornerbacks we like saw maybe him in a give, wild card game when the buffalo yeah. Bills are putting seventy five thousand points in the first quarter <laughs> up maybe that's when the fucking offense could maybe do something try to match yeah. them a little bit well you know if if parker's back there you know next year the patriots are only going to lose 40 to nothing not <laughs> uh Mar- i won't ask mario to do the the post game until the third quarter well no the thing the thing that i'm uh, you know i'm talking about is what this guy i don't think the number of receiving yards is the number one thing you guys should focus on like rail rail relate to this quite a bit when you have a one tech which is a guy that plays between the center and the guard a one tech of your defensive lineman he is there to eat bodies so your linebacker can hunt if he sits there the one tech is not going to get sacks he's not going to get a lot of tackles but if your linebacker behind him has 150 tackles at the end of the year he did his job if smith and Henry and Ty Montgomery and maybe even Nelson Aguilar, all these guys end up having these crossing routes underneath because of the presence of Parker. He could have yes. 600 yards. That'd be great. But yes. what he's going to open up for everything else in this offense for Mac Jones as far as options go is invaluable in my book. You didn't hurry for him what, up. For anybody who was wondering <laughs> what – he started talking about one-tacker linebackers, and I got, I got giddy. <laughs> 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 
Alan and Robert. If anybody's just wondering, Alan and Roberts. That's that's for anybody who's like what for one tech, Alan and Roberts. A guy who's who's not gonna Vince he's not gonna he's not, he's not gonna get to the uh, yeah, when Vince but when Vince Wolfork could get to the quarterback though. He could, that's, yes. Yes. That's why I look at uh, uh yeah, I look at like a linebacker like Roberts who was there to mm-hmm. let Van Noy and Yes. Um and and Hightower get to the quarterback and kind of just be that presence in the middle. Um a Lawrence guy, probably another comparison current player on the team. I would Sarah say a Barmore because Barmore will get to the Barmore will get to the uh the guy. What's that? Tony Saragusa. Oh for fuck's sake. <laughs> I had the name of Paisano. I had to give him the I know that. That's why I were. I was so disappointed when they cut uh, Valente, or was it? Who was it? Who oh, was the it? the uh, the fullback. fullback. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they cut Valente, and I was or Vitale. That's Vitale. what it was. Vitale. Vitale. Yeah. And I was That's, like, yeah. Ray cried after that that night. Well, I, I was a little torn because I'm a German Italian, right? So was do you keep Jakob Janssen, the German, or do you keep Vitali the Italian? Like, which one do you which one do you bring? I'm more WAP than I am than I am German, but from the way I act, blood wise, I probably got more German blood in me. But I was, um, my wife's Russian. She's trying to kill me. So, <laughs> remember the safe word. <laughs> Mike just checks in on me every once in a while. Says, "Your wife got you yet?" <laughs> no, 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 not yet. All right, let, let's get to let's get to this insanity. So. I completely planned on talking about Debo Samuel tonight. It was on our docket to talk about. We were going to come at it from a fantasy perspective. Let's look at it for a second from a fantasy perspective because he's a pretty unique player. He can hurt you both in the pass game and the run game. This is when stats do matter, right? He had 1,400 receiving yards last season, um, and he had an additional 365 rushing yards, eight total, or sorry, uh, 10 total touchdowns between uh rushing and receiving fun fact had more rushing touchdowns last season than he had receiving touchdowns and i was going to talk about hey man this you got to take him the the kyle shanahan system you know they're gonna he's gonna keep beating up and then debo samuel uh confirmed today that he has asked the san francisco 49ers for a trade now as uh adam i like to be a a bit of a, a douche Schefter says um the the 49ers don't have to trade him however if this is sort of an ongoing thing and this carries on after the draft and there's still talk about maybe uh you know a a camp trade or something like that i'm very nervous about drafting debo samuel because you're gonna have to use a premium pick you're talking a high second round maybe even a late first you'd be crazy to do a late first with all the talent in front but like a high second round if he ended up on a team like the patriots you're talking a six, seven hundred yard season with a couple of end arounds. Like they're not going to run a Kyle Shanahan offense. You know what I mean? Um, depending on what team he was on, if he goes to a team like Buffalo, you, they got Stephon Diggs there. The the ball's going to have to move around the field to other players, and I don't think he would end up with Buffalo anyways. And I, and I think that uh, Bills fans, or no. Everybody outside of Bills fans, I don't think everybody really appreciates what Gabriel Davis really is and what he can be for for that Buffalo Bills team. So um, so yeah, I think for me, until this whole thing is sorted out, I'm avoiding uh, Debo Samuel 
as uh, on my fantasy team this year. I want this solved and finished uh, before this happens. And breaking news, this isn't about money. Something personal is happening in San Francisco. So even if he stays, he may not have the season that uh, a lot of people are anticipating. With that, I'll turn to the boys. Um, let's just free for all. What the fuck is going on in San Francisco? What happens with Debo Samuel? Why is this not about money? Do you want me to go first? Do you want Mario to go first? Guess first. I oh, said you. I, I, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Um, really hot take. He sees that Trey Lance isn't the quarterback to get him a big contract. Uh, I I just and here's the other thing. He says he wants to be a pure wide receiver. Shanahan's system is known for eating up. Uh, players, they they don't care about them. They'll abuse their bodies. That's kind of a reputation his dad had. I think that's kind of a reputation that he's he might be uh, receiving. So I think that's two things. I think think he's seeing what they want to do with you know a mobile quarterback. Probably seeing that he want he's going to take a lot more abuse and says, hey my my long term path here to play you know a decade or longer is to be a, a true wide receiver, not a guy running through the you know line of scrimmage. And I, I totally agree with that. I, I, I could totally see that being a thing for him. Mario. Yeah, you're I'm talking about really a guy. Interested to what you guys have to say. You're, you're talking about a guy who had, I mean, just from a statistics perspective, he had 90 receptions his first two seasons and 22 carries. Last season alone, he had 77 catches and 59 carries. Well, aside from the usage, I think – I want to disagree with you a little bit, Ray. I think it's a little bit of what Mike said, and it's a little bit about the money. I really think he's starting to see all these wide receivers starting to get so much money that it, that those premier at those uh, your premier wide receivers are getting you know going all over the place. He has one year left on his deal. The 49ers only have fifty nine point eight million dollars in cap space for twenty twenty three, with only twenty three players under contract. So he's looking over the horizon and saying, "Listen, this is not." I mean, aside from the Twitter thing, I know he said a lot of 49er fans were, were giving him a lot of heat for this, that, and the third. That's why he wants to get out. I understand that. But I think he looks at the horizon and says, listen, I don't think they're going to be able to pay me. And if you look at some of the cap numbers of teams next year that are going to have a bunch of cap, the top teams, uh, fourth in that is going to be the Cardinals, which are going to have $93 million under the cap with 21 players. And you have the Seahawks with $86 million with 24 players. Just under that are the Patriots with $79 million with 34 players contracted. The Patriots could inevitably make a push, not this season, but maybe next for Samuel when he's a free agent. I don't know how much they'll be willing to pay. Yep. Or if they're going to mortgage a lot of money in this draft. If they go guard this season, I think they could be in play for, Dable, for Debo next season. But if you look at all those, a lot of those teams, a lot of those players, if it is bad blood, you'll see him go to the Cards or the Seahawks next year on a huge deal because, I mean, we saw it from Bobby Wagner. We saw it from a lot of these other players. They love staying inside the division to give the team back what yep. they thought they lost. And maybe he he thinks that with, with one of those teams, with Kyler Murray, he has a better chance of becoming a star and earning a lot bigger payday. So let me let me first point out that nobody disagrees with Vince McMahon publicly, and if you're going to refer to me as the Vince McMahon of the, the sports podcast world, then you fucking treat me with a little bit of respect and don't publicly. Fire! You're fired. You're gonna be the next member of the Kiss My Ass Club. But um, oh god, no, that's on the OnlyFans. Don't. But um, oh my god, no, it's not. I I will just point out though. 
because I'm trying to save my reputation a little bit here. I was just kind of reporting what he said and what the reporters oh, yeah, yeah, were saying. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, sitting there. That's why I just threw it out. They said it's not about money. It's a, a little bit about unhappiness. And and I think you might be right. There could be a combination of both. He doesn't want to be a, a gadget player. You're right. Yeah. Gadget players, A, their careers go. And B, gadget players don't get played. Or gadget players don't get paid. You know what I mean? They really don't because they're not seen as those true wide receivers. Well, what was and I you're right. His, his yards are really it, – it's very interesting because – 2019, he plays 15 games, 802 yards, plays seven games, 391 yards. That puts him on pace for what, 700 or just on just under 800 yards and then 1,400 passing yards this year. So, yeah, it, it's um, and, and his touchdowns are so low. <laughs> it's just crazy. He's had 10 receiving touchdowns in his career. And 11 rushing touchdowns throughout his career. He's like the Cam Newton of wide receivers. Can I, and I'll say this. So I was talking about the other night, the collisions alone, right? And I said he's not long for this this league if he's playing this way. He's, to Mario's point, I think he sees a cash out here, a cash out opportunity. So any right. other year, too, he would have been, let's be honest, with the the way the market is shifting you're probably going to look at a first and maybe more any other year. He probably would have been a second, second round pick and maybe a little something, 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 you know, little yeah, maybe more. to your, yeah, maybe to your point too, Ray, is the fact that he has more rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns. Running backs don't yeah. get paid. They nope. don't. Nope. So he nope. wants to go someplace to be a wide receiver, a pure wide receiver. And maybe you want to use him sparingly, not four times a game on rushes, you know, and this and that in the third. But, I mean, it's just – I think uh, what it does boil down to is, uh, you know, a lot of these players that come into the league, it's their second contract that's the big one. And if he's looking at his value, a guy that's a similar size and stature to what we started this whole uh, podcast with was Alvin Kamara. He's yeah. very similar size to Alvin Kamara. I mean, he's a little bit taller. And he averaged more but, yards per carry than Alvin Kamara yeah, did last season. he did. He did. And that, that's one of the things he's probably looking at his stat sheet and going, wow, the way that I'm being used here and what I might be able to be used for in the future. I know Trey Lance is probably going to take some rushes off the board for me, but I'm still not going to yeah. be a pure wide receiver like people see in this league and yeah. to get a huge payday. So I do you guys agree with me then from a fantasy perspective, then we gotta we gotta just quickly wrap up with the Devontae Adams because I do have to get out of here. But um would you guys agree with me then that it's a little nerve-wracking to use a premium pick in fantasy this year when really what he's gonna be, where he's gonna be, and what he's gonna do? Because I'm not giving up a high second round pick for an eight hundred yard three touchdown receiver. I'm just not. I need the gimmick receiver. That's what's gives me, giving me my value in fantasy. If he if he continues to rush like he does, let's say he has 40 carries this year, you willing to mortgage that for two, three carries a game, maybe a touchdown every two games? I don't know. I'm, I, to me, I, I'm staying away from Debo. Like you said, I have a lot of reservations when a guy starts talking about trading because I don't know how much effort he's going to be putting into the current franchise that he's in. But he is in a contract year which is huge yeah. The guys like to perform in those contract years. So maybe if, you know, if they have a press conference, you know, before in July where they're saying, yeah, we patched up things, things are good. We're going to be doing this. We're going to be doing this. We got a lot of things on the horizon, depending on how the draft shapes out. Maybe he gets a few things here and there. Maybe he gets a, a wide out across from him that could take some pressure off of him. So he can actually, maybe they pick up a gadget guy to do some of those carries. Um, but, 
the the guy that should be worried right now, as far as gadget plays go, Tyreek Hill. Mm. The guy that was calling a lot of those plays for Samuels in Miami now. Watch yourself. Shanahan called the offense, though, right? He oversaw it. I think I don't think he was a pure play caller. Like that's why played. I'm really I and I we do really have to move on. But I'm not mm-hmm. convinced that Mike McDaniel is the guy. I'm really not because Mm-mm. I think he's just a product of Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. He could be the next Adam Gase. We don't know. Mike, fantasy. Are you staying away from Debo? Yeah, I'm staying away from Debo. Don't I? I just don't like. I don't think he's going to repeat that 1400 yard season, even if he does play with San Francisco. I think it might be an anomaly. I'll put it that way. All right. Got to get to our last story here. I'm not even going to set it up. I'm not even going to say much about it because I know both of you guys have opinions on it. I don't have a huge opinion. I'm just going to say Devontae Adams. Mike, you can start. Um, One of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I'm I know you've been talking about, you know, who made who in Green Bay, and if that's going to translate to the Raiders, I think him and Derek Carr. If you're going to say you and point to me when I say I'm not inputting myself, I now have to input myself. I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers made Devontae Adams. I'm just saying this year is going to show us if who made who. So don't make it. Don't act like I'm being a dick. Okay, I'm a dick in real life. Don't imply I'm being a dick when I'm not. No, and I don't. I didn't mean it that way. I don't think you are. But I, I think that. Regardless, I think Derek Carr is going to find a wavelength, and this is where I was going with Devontae Adams, where they're going to make it work, regardless of what the situation may have been in Green Bay. So I think you're going to see the same level of production there. Could I be wrong? Absolutely. But again, you're talking about, and we've said this, uh, you know, one and one A as far as, um, you know, the top receivers in the NFL. The guy is just amazing. Um you know, I'll kick it to Mario for, you know, more on that because we've talked about this a little bit. Yeah, I, I as far as from a pure uh, talent perspective, now we must say this. We have to preface this with this. He he has played his entire career with Aaron Rodgers, which is a pretty nice thing to have. First couple of years, he really didn't manifest. Then he started to really turn it on. Um, as far as as far as it goes with him, in a. Uh, Per a 17-game season, let's just try to go look at this by the numbers. 114 catches, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns is really what he's been averaging since he's become a starter with the Green Bay Packers. I don't remember a lot of guys around him or a lot of guys that were another option for the Green Bay Packers. Plus, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, who to me is one of the top three quarterbacks of all time. Now he's going to Carr. Do I think Carr is bad? No. However, he has something in Vegas that he didn't have before. He has weapons that are around him that eat up targets in that system. What does he also have? A uh, new head coach. A new head coach with a new team and a first-year offensive coordinator. Let's talk about that for a second. I mean, you start talking about these things that are combined. Now, here's the other thing that I did. I talked about. And I always go into fantasy with this. And maybe you guys don't do it. Maybe you do. I always tend to look at the division first. You got to play six of your games. Six out of 17 games are played against your own division. So how did the player play against that division? Now, in five games against the AFC West in his career for Devontae Adams, he has 18 catches for 139 yards, no touchdowns against the AFC West in his career. That's on 33 targets. (laughs) So you want to talk about certain things. His games that he's produced, you know, that he's produced in against AFC 
uh, competition has been really on par with his average. But then when you look at the NFC West, it's been kind of a little bit less uh, because they're playing the NFC West this year. If you're talking about it from a fantasy standpoint, if you're looking at it for, from a target volume standpoint, receivers along with Darren Waller ate up 300 of the 600 targets for Vegas last year. The running backs ate up the extra hundred. Now there's only like, there's only 200 targets left. He's never had any more than 150, uh, 140 in his career. Now, are all the rest of the targets going to go to him? Like, you look at Josh McDaniels and you look at this first year of uh, Mick Lombardi as as this his offensive coordinator. I'm not expecting a dr- knockdown drag out year for Devonte Adams, even though he is the best wide receiver in the league. I'm not expecting 120 catches, 1700 yards, and 20 touchdowns out of this guy. I'm talking about like he may have 85, 1200 yards, and like nine touchdowns. That's going to be the max of this guy because there's so many other weapons around him. They're going to focus so much attention on him that everyone else is going to be open. So that being said, be very cautious with Devontae Adams. Yes, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL from a talent standpoint right now. However, when you transfer those over to fantasy numbers and you look at what I just went over, it's going to be kind of hard for you to convince me to take him in the first round. I'm just saying. I'm taking him to the bottom of the first round if nobody's left. But I'm not picking him as my number one one. I'm taking Diggs. I'm taking Jefferson. I'm taking Tyreek Hill before that because I know Hill's going to be used like Debo was last year, like we just talked about. So that all being said and that all being considered, um, I would caution myself against Devontae Adams for this year coming up. Um, so, Mike, we're going to take a couple of questions, but I need to um, let you guys know this. So Netflix – it's estimating that 100 million households are sharing passwords. <laughs> and they are suggesting a crackdown is coming on the sharing of passwords, just so you know. I, I think it's important to say I support Netflix in this endeavor. They are a business. They are there to make money. The $5.17 billion in profit that they made last year in profit, their their total like revenue that they brought in was... 29.7 billion how how do you expect a company to survive only making 5.17 billion dollars a year i completely support this crackdown netflix needs the money stop sharing passwords people um this is capitalism we live in a capitalistic society deal with it i almost want to i I, I almost i almost want to just fucking pull my netflix subscription right just out of principle on this and i don't even share a password with anybody but out of principle i want to just cancel my just cancel my subscription i'll go to like hulu or something like that is that a a thing hulu yeah yes it's amazing I'll, i'll go to hulu do you guys have netflix I do. Yep. My wife watches Netflix all the time. It's going to be a tough sell for me. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well just share the password, right? Honey, honey, we're getting rid of Netflix over my goddamn dead body. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't share. The only thing I share is my DAZN password. That's I don't it. Know what that is. DAZN. Oh, DAZN. I, it's in the States, but it's not as popular, but we have it in Canada. So DAZN, it's like a, a sports streaming thing, like a Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um and and can each each country has a different thing. So like in Canada, that's how you get the Sunday ticket. So we get like so for twenty bucks a month, we get the Sunday ticket. We get uh boxing, which has like Canelo, some of the top boxers. We get Bellator fighting. We get the Premier League soccer every and uh MLB Network. And, and big for you, both of them. What's that? 
but both of those are big for you. I know you like watching yeah. Premier and Champions League. We got, and the only oh, way you man. can watch Champions League in Canada is through the zone. No cable station picks it up, and I believe that you can't get Sunday ticket or whatever they call it, the NFL pass or whatever. You can't. You can only get it on the zone as well. So it, but it's oh. like a, it's like a Netflix for, uh, uh, for for sports. I'll I pay twenty dollars a month. Yeah, D A Z N. But Red Zone Light. I'll type it in in the Google search bar. Z. All right, Mike, you got a couple comments to pull up here? Sure. Let's do this. Oh, we haven't done a live chat comment in a long time. Now, okay, so this comes from JC Starhawk. Says, now imagine if Debo Samuels comes uh, there, New England would be scary. I read the, the question, you guys answer it. Yeah, okay. there would be there would be a lot more things built into the offense for him, but I think any team that he goes to, given his previous comments, uh, there would have to be a discussion of what do I want? I want to be a pure wide receiver. I think I can help you at wide receiver. I'm, you want to put him in that in the traditional New England offense that everybody knows for years. You want to put him in that Welker role or that Edelman role. He could he could do a lot more than that role for you in the slot. But if you want to put him in the slot. Uh, I'm fine with that. He he would definitely be be an impact player for the New England Patriots. So just yesterday, Mike said that Kendrick Bourne is basically Debo Samuel. So I, I don't really think I don't really think we need him. But Mike, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Mario made the same face I made. Mario made the same. What face I said I said I didn't say basically. I said he's a mini Debo Samuel. I said and Daniel Jones is basically Josh Allen. You know. <laughs> I hope Allen runs and trips and gives himself a concussion this year. Ooh, never wish an injury. Now that's going to happen to Mac Jones. Is he tripping over Nick Folk? Probably. <laughs> I think um, that, that would be fucking genius by Belichick. Just <laughs> as Allen's running down the field, just have Nick Folk run out there. Because you know fucking Allen would just go down like a ton of bricks running into that big dick Nick. Like he would just, he wouldn't even be able to take it. Like he'd just fucking be boom, gone. What? What kind of podcast is this? Maybe, maybe Nick Folk will be the linebacker this year just to take out Josh Allen and Ty- and he'll rush Tyler Bass on the on the uh, on the field. By the way, I have drafted Tyler Bass the last two years in fantasy, and I don't believe I'm going to be doing that again this year. Um, I'm definitely not taking your punter. I'll tell you that much. So guy works half the time. Fucking guy doesn't work half the time when he does. He doesn't know, remember how to do it. So oh just, my gosh. The kicker hate. Mike, answer the question. I don't know why <laughs> well, you guys stalling. are talking. I'm, I'm not stalling. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm being polite and waiting for you two gentlemen to finish. Um, I told you last night, be more assertive and aggressive. All right. All right. Just tell, tell us to, to shut, shut the up. fuck up. <laughs> all right. I think. All right. Barn burner. I think the Patriots could actually make this trade if he becomes available. I think you trade Aguilar. I think you trade a later round pick. I think he's a versatile player that Bill would like. I think it would give them an underneath option that he could use anywhere. And yeah, the money would would hurt, but I think they're going to look at a big name wide receiver next year anyway. And I think his money would be manageable for them this year. So I think, again, you would probably have to trade Aguilar, but they could make it work. And I think he would be a good, you know, good fit for what the Patriots like to do. Let me ask you something. Do you, would you prefer Debo Samuel or your boy that you've just been coveting, uh, Julio Jones? Oh, Debo Samuel. Absolutely. 
Take the phone. Oh you didn't even run with the joke. You gave the real answer for fuck's sake. I mean, Next. Julio Jones, no, three first round it's pick. Too late. It's too late. Hey, relax. Too Take late. a load off, man. You look. You look like you're not being. I know. I'm too enough. intense right now. Eh? I'm too <laughs> intense at the moment. Okay. Next question. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Dude, this is the greatest fucking job in the world. What What other fucking job would you get money to lie back in your chair and just make fun of your buddies as we talk about sports? Any YouTuber that that does Minecraft. Oh, why didn't that? Oh my! <laughs> you ever gosh. play Minecraft? My kids play Minecraft. I see these Amazing. YouTubers and found out they make hundreds of thousands of dollars doing it. We should start a mine. Okay, so you can keep doing football with with Paul, but you and I, we should start a Minecraft channel. Hundred percent Minecraft and Among Us. I'm down. Oh, Among Us is so good. That's not even a thing anymore, is it? Among oh my Us. God, you shut your face. It is. The kids, the kids like Roblox. They play the right. Roblox game a lot. Do you guys have? Do your kids play Roblox? What is that? I don't even know. It's a kids game. Okay. That's why I'm asking Mario one of his kids. Red Hat is wicked sus right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's completely sus. I'm calling an emergency meeting right now. Parker will probably be uh, conversions in TDs. Delusional past fan coming in. Yeah, like I said earlier, I think he, the, the the things that Parker did you just open fucking you. did you just take over my podcast? I just, just was was getting to the question. I was just I have sus. one I have one fucking job to read the to read the comment and let you guys give all the analysis. Well, you look you like you're tired, Ray. You're about you got one. It's four twenty. It's four twenty, and I'm going to be you honest. Look, if I'm going to I'm going to John honest. Belushi was a Patriots fan, <laughs> I'm looking at him right now. In the last fifteen minutes, the the gummies that I didn't think were that strong have really kicked in. You're literally drinking. You look, you look like you're about to hammer a, a handle of Jack Daniels down and go thanks and throw it up against somebody's windshield. No, I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't consume alcohol. I consume THC. That's and... going to be next week. Come to the draft party. Oh yeah, I do. I drink on the draft. That's it. The dra- hey, are you guys doing live for the draft? Or are you around? We on the are. Draft? We are going once again. We're resurrecting something we did before uh, COVID. We are going to Batavia Downs and collaborating with uh, three or four other uh, Bills content creators, and we're doing the live draft uh, both days. That's cool. Do you think you could sneak away for a minute and come hang out? Or come come visit our draft party for a few minutes. Well, I am going. Um, I am going on the Friday. Uh, Paul will be going on Thursday. We're splitting days because we have conflicts with the other two days. So, um, if if it's possible for me to sneak away for our 10, draft party minutes, is on Thursday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I could, it's possible for me to sneak away. Are for you there minutes, Thursday or Friday? You said I'm there Friday, but I have my uh, my minions on Thursday. So yeah, but the draft's going to go to like midnight. They'll be in bed by then. Are you kidding? I did you? You're not at this house, Ray. You don't just know. Come, well, actually, yeah. Last week, you're like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I just love that. I'm not even close. I'm not even <laughs> close to putting these kids to bed. We're playing Among Us. We were losing our minds. It was amazing. Bring them. Just bring them on the stream, like you did the last time. I could. They have or more co- come in on your phone. You can come in on your phone. I feel okay. like them coming. You don't have to do all, just. You don't have to see the whole time. Just come say hello at the at the at the draft party. Okay, I drink at the draft party. I may be drunk by the time you show up. You've never seen, you see stoned Ray. You've never seen drunk Ray. Wait, uh, can I? I'm gonna ask real quick, like real quick answer. How, who do you think the Bills are gonna draft? I don't take a corner. I'm, I'm gonna become a Patriots fan. If you say Andrew Booth Jr., you're fucking banned from the show forever. <laughs> well, you might as well just click that button, Ray. See you guys. We thank Mario and everything he's done for this stream over the years. <laughs> Last time I did that, he left. So I don't want him to think that it's uh, 
Thank you, Mario from Exports at hashtag 2.0. Go check out their YouTube page. They drive in cars and other people go live. It's great. Maybe he'll come to the draft party next Thursday. Next Wednesday, maybe we'll do a little bit of a draft theme. Michael, a little bit of a setup. Uh, Guys, not your typical uh, football podcast here on the Dear Pats Nation podcast. We talk fantasy. We talk analytics. We talk betting. We covered it all tonight. And um, uh, I let you know that these are slow-releasing gummies that really in the last 15 minutes. That's why I kept saying I got to get out of here because I could feel it coming. And you guys just kept talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. Hello, pot, meat, cuddle. (laughs) Go to DeanBundell.com. Go to RayRoute.com, download the Newsbreak app, download the half Halftime app. New things coming, exciting things coming. You're all legit, kid. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.